Hello and welcome to episode 33. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone, and this is Journey to Organization. I have a lot, a lot. Another lady called me and said, what, regarding the talk I gave last week, what happens if, uh, she doesn't agree with me saying that, uh, what happens if we buy clothing from people in Cambodia or if we don't buy clothing from people who make it in Cambodia or Vietnam or wherever, Thailand, wherever they're making the cheaper clothes, then they won't make any money. <laughs> How, what do I think about that? Well, I don't think it's true. I think that we vote, manufacturers make what we want them to do. And we vote by buying those items. If we don't buy lesser quality goods, then manufacturers won't make them and because they won't sell. And nobody's in business to make something that doesn't sell. That's bad business. And so I think when we commit to fair wages for all workers, and we buy things that are ethically sourced and where workers are fa paid fair wages, then we're doing something better for the people who are part of our economic system and we enable people to have dignity in their lives. And everybody already knows how I feel about dignity. I think dignity is like the most important thing that you know a person can feel if you don't feel dignity if you lose your dignity if you don't act with dignity it takes away a little bit of your humanity and to me that's part of being a jew is treating people with dignity and treating everybody with selim elohim like noticing that hashem is part of everybody so i'm not telling you to not buy any of those things or to not shop at walmart or I'm telling you that when we support these kinds of businesses, we're telling these businesses that it's okay to pay workers less money and to treat them as slaves. If we don't buy these things, then, work, then companies have less incentive to try to make things as cheaply as possible. Hooray, it's great for our pocketbooks when we get something for a dollar and it should have cost 35. But at what expense? At the expense of other people, at the expense of the environment. All I'm saying is, is that we, we need to care about other people. And when we shop conscientiously, we do that. Conscientiously, both in the sense of paying attention to where things come from and the labor who makes them, but also conscientiously in comparison to what we already have. So, for example, that means that if you have 16 t-shirts, you don't go out and buy a 17th t-shirt just because you can, because what does that benefit you? you? You have more stuff that you just have to take care of. And I think what really is essential here and what a lot of people are not hearing me say, so listen, hear me, this is the point of everything I've been trying to say. The reason why I think that it's important to reduce our buying is because when we reduce our buying, not only is it better for the environment, not only does it reduce our trash, not only does it actually benefit the people who are producing these things, 
but it helps us. It helps us maintain organization. When we have less, we truly have more. Um, many of you know I spoke in Jerusalem two weeks ago, and a husband and a wife came to my talk. And honestly, I was shocked that there were going to be any men there because men usually don't uh, come to these kind of things. But there were a few men there. And the husband sent me an email later on and said to me, I didn't want to go. My wife made me go. And I thought you would be just another pushy New Yorker. By the way, I'm not a New Yorker. Uh, I mean, I kind of consider myself that, but not really at my heart, at my core. Uh, I thought you would be just another pushing New Yorker, and you were going to try to sell your service. But at the end of it, I just felt inspired to go home and take a hard look um, at what I have. And I started getting decluttering, and at the end of the day, even though I didn't go into the drawers that I declutter or I don't go into the drawers I decluttered very often, at the end of the day, I feel like I can sleep better. There's a weight off my shoulder just because I have less stuff. I don't even necessarily notice that I have more space. I just feel better. And that, ladies, that is the point. When you have less stuff, you feel better. I know it's hard to see that, I totally get that, but from the organizational standpoint, you need to realize, recognize that I, it takes, life takes things. We need things, especially when we keep kosher homes. We need things. I get that. We need two sets of silverware. I totally get that. What I'm saying to you is there is a limit to how much we actually need, and there is a limit to what we can actually physically put in our homes. And there is a limit to what we actually physically can take care of. And when we cross over that limit of what we can actually physically take care of, it hurts us. It hurts us emotionally. It hurts us physically because we worry all the time and we're worried and, oi, worry. Worry is a terrible, terrible tircha. And, you know, we, we struggle with always keeping things tidy and always keeping things clean. And I promise you, <laughs> if you have less things, you really won't feel like you're missing out. And to the lady who said to me, it sounds like de lowering your trash is like your religion. It's not my religion. I still generate trash. And it's not okay to say, in my opinion, Hashem created the world and he'll make a place for trash. It's not okay to say that. It's not. Hashem creates everything. That's true. And there are problems with the world. And we have to do our part to make sure that the world doesn't deteriorate or get worse. Or I don't even know. When we put trash in a landfill... We make the problem worse, especially because a lot of it could be avoided. I'm not saying to you, don't generate any trash. I don't even think that's possible to not generate any trash in 2016, 2017. I don't even think that's possible. It's not. 
even the people who are like real hardcore zero wasters are still producing trash. It's not possible to not produce trash. What is possible is to be conscientious of our trash and to be conscientious of how much we're wasting. And the thing is, is you can think that that waste is not part of Baltashlis, but it is. And we really, really need to be conscientious because resources are not infinite. They are finite. They won't last forever. We will run out of things. Like I said, the statistic about plastic in the ocean, I think I said it last week, that by I think 2025 or even maybe 2020, but I think it was 2025, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Okay? That is a totally scary thought. The ocean will be full of plastic. And do you know what that means? That means that the fish are eating plastic. And do you know what that means? That if we eat fish, we are eating plastic. <laughs> so please, please, please think hard about something before you throw it away. Have you gotten the most use out of it? What is it that makes us want to just throw things away? It's the prospect of getting something shiny and new. And manufacturers spend a lot of money to make sure that we buy shiny new things. Um, for ladies who don't use smartphones, that's fine. Then it's something else for you. It's that new pair of shoes. It's the new skirt. It's the new dress. We don't need that stuff. And that is what creates or disorganization. When you buy less stuff, forget the environmental impact of it. Forget that. I'm taking that off the table for just a minute. When you buy less, when you use up what you have, you are better off because you don't have to waste your time trying to organize things you don't need. When you consume less, your life is better. Think about it in the food perspective. You notice when you're full, right? If you notice when you're full, then why do you keep eating? Why don't you stop? I'm full. And then you go on and you eat more. And then after the meal, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have had that, you know, last dessert. I feel really terrible. I have a stomach ache. And then you go on and you have a stomach ache. And the next time you go to eat, you don't remember that last time you ate too much. And so you eat again and you overeat again. That's what it's like when you have too much stuff. You don't necessarily realize that you're at the breaking point, but then when you buy something, you have buyer's remorse and you're like, why did I buy it? I promise myself next time I go shopping, I'm only going to buy what I need and I'm not going to buy too much. And then you do it again and you have more than what one person could really use in their lifetime. And like, I go to some clients and they have so much stuff. It's like... I don't know, one client I had ha had um, like band-aids, like 3,000 band-aids, for real. Do you know how long it takes uh, to use up 3,000 band-aids? Like why? Oh, well, every time they go on sale, I buy a box and I see them. Yesterday I went to a client, I'm not joking you, she had 50 boxes of tea. I said, why do you have so much tea? She said, because it goes on sale and I buy it and I always want to have it. I said to her, you have a whole cabinet, a whole, she has a very small Israeli kitchen. 
I said, you have a whole cabinet full of tea, a whole shelf full of tea, literally a whole shelf, two shelves full of tea. I said, you're on a tea furlough. You cannot buy any more tea. You have to use up at least 75% of this tea before you buy more. And she didn't even know how much she had. It was all spread out in different places. And that is another natural segue into the next thing I want to say. When your things are not together, when like items are not together, we don't have a good handle on how much we actually have. And so we get conned into thinking that we don't actually have something. But in reality, we have it. It's just not where we think it is. And therefore, we don't know where it is. And therefore, we go out and buy new things. And really, therein lies our problem. Because we don't know what we have, we buy too much. So there's two aspects of purchasing. There's the we don't know what we're having. And then there's the purchasing for the sake of purchasing or because we want to purchase or because we think we need something. If all of your items are organized together, so if all of your shirts are in one place, if all of your school supplies are in one place, if all of your art supplies are in one place, you're not going to get conned into thinking, gosh, I'm going to go shopping today for new scissors because I don't know where the scissors are. Well, if you would have had the scissors with all your office supplies, you would have known where the scissors are or that you have a pair of scissors. Or if you have two pairs of scissors, fine, have two pairs of scissors. That's okay. Uh, you know, my kids are always using my scissors and that's fine. And we have two or three pairs in the house and that's fine. We're allowed to have two or three pairs in the house. But we know that we have three pairs in the house because they're always in the same place. And it's never like my kids are like, hey, where are the scissors? <laughs> they know where they are. They know how to put them away. And they know, and I know, I don't need to buy new scissors. Now, I'm not saying that when we go to the store to buy school supplies that they never get conned into they never try to con me into buying them a new pair of scissors all i'm saying is is that be strong <laughs> hold out don't let your kids talk you into things that you know you don't need but know that you don't need them by being organized with what you have a lot of people i know buy things at the end of the season when they go on sale that's great. If you know you're going to need X number amount of notebooks for next year, by all means, please buy a few for next year if you see them on sale before school starts. Or you know what? A lot of the stores before school starts, they start to put crayons on sale and pencils on sale and notebooks on sale. Go ahead. If you need those things for your kids, buy them. But if you don't remember where you put them, you spent your money on nothing. And so that's the importance of having a home for everything, knowing where everything goes, making sure you have space to store everything, and the importance of shopping, not just for the sake of shopping, just because it's cheap, but shopping with purpose. So I hope that answers both ladies' questions. Um, well, there's one more question that I got about this. She, a lady agrees with me that you should buy better quality clothing, but what about clothing for children? So I still try to buy quality clothing um, for my kids. I don't really care if they get paint on it or whatever, if it gets a stain. My kids wear t-shirts with uh, the school uh, semel, the school 
uh, insignia logo on their chest. It's stamped onto the shirt. I don't buy shirts in Israel. <laughs> I actually buy a better quality shirt for my kids. Uh, the shirts here you can get, you know, 10 for 100 shekels. And that's a great price. 10 shekels a piece. That's like, I don't know, three, less than th like $3, I think. Um, it's a great price. $3 a t-shirt, right? I spent eight, eight or $9 on the t-shirt that my son wanted this year because it was a better quality um, shirt and I bought him a slightly bigger size and it will last him for t his last two years of school and I might even get two more years out of it from his brother, although his brother is, uh, his younger brother's probably gonna be bigger than him soon and you know, I don't know, whatever. I actually think the shirt would actually last four years. And if it has a little stain on it, okay. You know what? They're going to get dirty anyways. So I would rather it stand up to washing after washing after washing than fall apart in the washing. Especially because in Israel, the water is hard. And so it can make the clothing pill and... Uh, loosen like it's weave on the fabric much more quickly because you know the water is hard um that being said buy second hand ask for hand-me-downs uh coats I, I do buy coats new sometimes um i actually um don't mind buying my kids new stuff um i actually have a problem with my boys they're not really fat they're just kind of wide and it's really hard for me to get pants for them i don't really have a lot of luck in secondhand shops for them so i have to buy like new and i usually buy them like a men's size 28 and i hem the cuffs for them and that's fine but i buy them a better quality pant and it lasts them a longer time and then i just keep letting down the the cuffs. Like I said before, for, for example, I like to buy pants from Land's End, like Shama's pants from Land's End, because the knees are reinforced, and so they last longer, and they are less likely to rip. And so, to me, that's worth the extra money. Um, they're kids, so they get dirty. I have a great stain remover, I told you. It's by Caldrea. I'm pretty sure you can get it at Whole Foods. You could probably get it at Bed Bath & Beyond. I know for sure you can get it on Amazon. Um, it's the sweet pea stain remover. It's really, really amazing. You just put it on, rub it in, let it sit overnight. If you wash it again and don't put it in the dryer, check it and see if the stain came out. Usually you can get the stain out a second time if it hasn't been through the dryer. It's still worth it to buy the best quality. And if you can't afford to buy it firsthand, buy it secondhand. That's okay. Um, okay. Let's see. Kitty called and said she agreed with shmatas and not paper towels. Um, but what do I do when I make like schnitzel or something like that? I actually have like, I have levels of shmata. <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy. It is a little bit crazy. I totally know that. Um, but I have like a few that I use just for dealing with food. So I have the stack of like hand towels, dish towels that sit on my counter that look pretty and that I use for drying dishes. And then I have like things, dish towels that have sort of gotten holes in them and I can't really use to dry the dishes because they're a little holy, but they're good for like making schnitzel because they're still in good condition. And then I have the stuff that I actually use for cleaning. So after a while, the schnitzel schmatzes sort of like get, you know, passed along into um, the regular cleaning ones. 
Another thing you can do, a lot of people get these, is use paper bags. In fact, when my mom used to make, when I was a kid, and she used to make latkes, I remember she would just lay them out on brown paper bags. That's what she used to do when I was a kid, and it would absorb the oil really great. And then, you know, then she would throw away the paper bag, but at least, you know, she got two uses out of it. Okay. Um, she also said regarding art um, that there's a place called or a company called Beaver Books, and they make a scene you can color with water, and you can let it dry, and you can color it again. And there's also um, Melissa and Doug, which has reusable stickers, and ORB factory magnetic drawing, and you just switch the sheets and you can reuse them. And that she also uses rechargeable batteries. And that's great, especially if you have kids with toys, we always use rechargeable batteries. Um, you can buy a set with a recharger. They're, they're really great. They usually cost about, I don't know, $30 or something like that. And they're really, to me, I think the rechargeable batteries really end up saving a lot of money in the long run. Um, Okay, Miriam called and said over Yom Tov she ran out of paper goods and that they use regular dishes and that it totally wasn't an issue. So hurrah for Miriam. Um, she says she does have a problem with the playroom and that the clutter is out of control. The closet there, in the closet there are big containers of stuff like Legos and clicks. Um, voila, toys are a big deal. <laughs> Um, what I can say to you, Miriam, is try to reduce the toys as much as you can and pare down to, um, as few toys as possible. I would love it, Miriam, if you could please send me a picture to Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegone.com, and I will send you an answer because... I would love to give you a comment on what it looks like. So if you could send me a picture of the area, I will announce it like online, but it will be easier for me to give an answer and more suggestions and it will actually help all the ladies, I think. Um, okay. Medicine cabinets. <laughs> Medicine cabinets are like where good cosmetics and personal care items go to die. I think <laughs> that's <laughs> it's the graveyard of uh, personal care products in the medicine cabinets. I mean, at least when I look at my parents' medicine cabinet, uh, when I go home <laughs> into like, you know, the kids' bathroom, the bathroom that I grew up in, I don't know. There's still stuff from when I lived there 20 years ago in there. I'm like, Ema, can we throw it out? She's like, no, no, maybe we'll need it. So I just, I think that that's where like, I don't know, good things go to die. So <laughs> here's how to clear out your medicine cabinet. Chuck or recycle anything that's expired. Take everything out and get rid of anything that's chucked or expired. And then when you're putting it back, arrange it by, by type. So first put back, or I don't care what you put back first, but put together you know, medications like Tylenol and Advil in one space. And then you can put together like creams and gels in another space. And then you can put bin, uh, makeup in another space. Like as long as all those groupings are together. Um, now, I don't know what your medicine cabinet looks like. 
Um, it kind of sounded like it was a big area, like maybe it was an actual closet, not just like a small cabinet in the, in the wall. If it's an actual closet, um, then you can actually put smaller bins inside one larger bin and arrange it in that way so that things don't get out of control. That's actually what I do. Um, I like that. I have like a few small bins in one larger box. I just pull out the whole box and I can easily sort like what I need. If you can, you can label them, um, but definitely I think in your situation, smaller bins is good. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. When I buy mushrooms here in Israel, come in like these plastic green bins. When I was a kid, strawberries used to come in them. They, strawberries don't come that way in Israel, but they're like uh, plastic containers with, you know, mesh holes in them. I just use those in my closet. It's really, it's really um, easy. So, okay, let's see, what's next? Adina says that she likes rectangle containers better than circle containers. I agree, but jars are round 90% of the time and therefore they're free and therefore I use round containers. But I do totally see what you're saying uh, in the in the about the square containers it's totally better and in general if i say to someone who's buying them i say never buy circle containers only buy square adina also bought stickers and keeps them next to the freezer to use labels i suggest also keeping a, a sharpie marker if you're going to label things that way um, and then she wraps everything in saran wrap to protect freezer burn i get that um i don't usually leave things in my freezer long enough to do that but to me it's a little bit a lot of plastic to use, but okay, if that works for you, that's fine. Um, she also writes if something is dairy or meat. And she asks, says to me, Friday is always a challenge no matter what time it starts, what time Shabbos starts. Um, but last week she got up before work and did stuff and that helped her be more productive after work. So bravo. I will sneak in here and say that actually next week, uh, next Friday, the 11th of November, right? That's Friday. Um, the 10th of November, I'm sorry. I will be speaking in Tel Aviv at the Ima Kadima conference, and I will actually be giving a lecture at, on time management. Um, and after I do that talk, I'll see what was good and what was not good. And then I will, Bezrat Hashem, talk to everybody here about some time management tips. So I know that everybody's waiting for that, and I, I will... Bezrat Hashem. Rachel, I hear you. I'm going to get to the time management, Bezrat Hashem, okay? Um, coconut oil and... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do that. Coconut oil and baking. Um, for me, I asked my husband. The equivalent is one-to-one. -one. But if you want something to... Usually coconut oil has a tendency to make things a little more loose so if you want it to be a little more firm like cookies that are more firm then i would use slightly less okay um natural laundry detergent what to use in oh someone called me and said they are already using natural laundry detergent that's great i've read that homemade detergents are not great so try to stick to an eco-friendly already made brand um and then she asked me what can we use instead of windex you can use pure vinegar in a spray bottle. It works really great. And if you don't want to smell it, then you can add a little lemon essential oil or do what I said a few weeks ago, which is to leave the lemons 
under the sink, like curing in a little bit of vinegar and then mix that half and half with water. Um, it works really well. Okay. Fagy from Lakewood called me and said, flour is moksa, so don't leave it on the door. Um, Beseder, don't leave it on the door. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even think about it. I was just reading the article. Um, I don't think I store flour in the door because actually... I don't, I don't know. I don't really store flour in the door. I usually save the door for nuts and ice packs. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but that's what's in my freezer door. Um, okay. Oh, we got another call about taking residue off of um, jars. A lady called and said to use the miracle sponge. I have no idea what that is. If that's the same thing as Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, then okay, but I have no idea what a miracle sponge is. Um, and then she went on to tell me that, oh, and by the way, I found that I have like a bottle of Goo Gone left over for 100 years already, and I used that underneath my, uh, uh, I soaked my jars in hot water, and um, I let, rubbed a little bit of Goo Gone on them and I scrubbed it with like my hard bristle scrubber that I use like for Shabbos or for pots and pans and um, that seemed to come off pretty nicely in the hot water but you have to do it like while it's hot um, and I don't really want to use Goo Gone so I'm going to try next time just seeing if I could soak it with a little bit of soap and see if that works. Okay, um, so anyways, this lady called and said, she rented out her apartment for Yom Tov, and she was working hard to get it organized, and she was really excited and happy that it was clean and organized, and she made extra money. Great, bravo. But now she's having trouble keeping it up because her kids don't clean up the way she would want, and new things are coming into the house, and she doesn't really know what to do with them. So let's try to go through each point one by one. One. You cannot keep your house organized all the time. It's not possible. I'm looking out on my floor right now, okay? My son left his cell phone. My son and daughter both left their cell phones on the sofa. There's a pair of headphones there. There's two pairs of shoes on the floor. There's a pair of headphones on the floor. There's some socks on the floor. There's a pair of scissors on the floor. There's one, two, three, four papers on the floor. A pencil, a straw, a reusable straw, but a straw. Uh, that one's my fault because I dropped it and didn't pick it up yet. And two books, okay? Now, that might not sound so bad, but it's there. And, like, my kids went to bed without organizing their stuff or putting away their stuff. And, yeah, it makes me upset. But you have to pick and choose your battles. To be honest with you, it's only going to take me about five minutes to clean all this stuff up. And I can run my robot, and I'll be happy in the morning. And... I try not to make a big deal out of the small stuff because it's just not worth it. You can't sweat the small stuff. Great, I have, you know, 15 things on my floor, but it won't take me very long to pick it up and it's not worth getting upset about. And if I would have been home instead of out going for my walk when they went upstairs, then I would have probably made more of an effort to, you know, get them to clean it up. But again, I don't want to spend my time yelling at my kids to, you know, clean up a little bit of paper I can do it and you know they know that it gets done or maybe I'll just leave it here for the morning and I won't run my robot tonight and I'll say to them hey clean up I don't know um let some things go 
that is both in the physical sense and like what I was saying, the emotional sense. You can't keep it organized all the time, so let it go, that's okay. But also let the physical things go, let some things in your home go. If you can't keep the things organized, then you have too much stuff. So get it out of your house. If you don't, um, oh, okay. Don't bring things into the house unless you know that you can give those things a home. If you don't know where something is gonna live, don't bring it in the house. If you do bring something in the house, get rid of something else and teach your kids this. This is the thing, ladies. I'm gonna say it to you until each one of you calls me and says to me, I get it. Or till I stop getting this question. You cannot expect your kids to know how to be organized. It's not possible. There are kids who are more naturally organized than other kids. That is true, 100%. However, organization and executive function are learned skills. We have the capacity to learn it ourselves and to teach our children. Teach your children how to be organized by teaching them the one in and one out rule. You're bringing in a new toy, yalla, one has to go out. You wanna bring in 10 pieces of paper, go find 10 pieces of paper to get out of my house. You want a new pair of shoes? Well, is it time to replace your old shoes yet? If the answer is no, then no, you're not getting a new pair of shoes. It's hard to say no to our kids, of course. We have to use it up, get rid of what we're not using if that's the case, but we can't keep bringing things in our home willy-nilly. It's not helpful, it's not good for us, it's not good for our kids, it's not good for our pocketbooks. Just don't allow it to come into your house. And get rid of the stuff that is coming into your house, like the stuff that you already have in your house if something new is coming into your house. So I hope that helps you in maintaining the organization. Because what I think you might have done to clean your house is actually clean, to get your house ready for rental, that is, is that you actually cleaned your house and slightly organized it. But if you actually organize it, you would reduce what you have. And that's huge. And honestly, it's the most important thing is to reduce what you have. Honestly, ladies, if there's a theme from this episode, episode 33, that I would want you to take away, it's that when you have less, you have more. I don't... I don't really know how to say it better. I don't know how to say it differently. All I can tell you is that when you have less things, you have less to worry about, you have less to organize, you have less to keep clean. I'm gonna keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it because it's worth saying over and over and over and over again. Organization is not the process of putting lots of things in lots of boxes. That's just, I mean, there are organizers who do that and that's fine if that's the kind of organizer you want, go with them. And you can spend, you know, $1,000 at Target or the container store buying plastic bins and labeling them. Go ahead, knock yourself out. But you wanna know the truth? Is those things will not ultimately help you be organized forever and ever. What will help you be organized forever and ever 
is reducing your purchasing, minimizing what you have, living with less, and making sure that everything in your home, all the possessions that you have, have their own place to live. If they have no place to live, they have no place in your home. It's very simple. It's not hard. That's it. <laughs> to the lady who asked me for the full Dvar Torah from Rabbi Sachs, uh, I sent an email to the OU Israel Center because I don't actually have that Torah tidbits anymore, but it was in the Torah tidbits from Parshat Noah. They distributed here in Israel. You didn't say where you lived, so I don't... Uh, I don't know where you live, <laughs> if you can get your hands on a copy of it. But I actually, I read it and I put it out of my house already. So, um, ladies, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you all an organized week. I want you to remember Hashem is the one who keeps you organized. Repeat it to yourself over and over and over and over and over again. But remember that even though Hashem is the one who keeps us organized with our time, with our things, we also have control over the situation. We are allowed to say, Hashem, you have control, but we can help ourselves get to that point by doing what I talked about, buying less making sure that everything has a home and a place and not having too much in our possession. Make it, sure, <laughs> Hashem can perform miracles. I totally, I totally agree. Hashem can. I, I believe that with all my heart and soul. But it's better not to ask for a miracle. It's better to have things be bederach teva and in a natural way. Let Hashem keep you organized in a natural way. You will feel better about yourself if it doesn't have to be a nice. Honestly, you will. And I hope that I've inspired you a little bit to really think about minimizing this week. Really go into your spaces and have less. Um, it's Mar Cheshvan and so you know it's a sad month because we have no Chagim I guess I guess <laughs> for some people it's sad for some people it's not in Israel it's like Mar Cheshvan is like the first normal month of the year because <laughs> you know Tishrei Elul and Tishrei are not really uh, normal here so like nobody's working everybody's off it's all the Chagim Take this opportunity in the month of Marcheshvan to bring yourself joy for Kislev. Allow yourself to receive Hanukkah with a full, open enjoyment. Reduce what you have so when Hanukkah comes along, you can feel joy sitting in front of your candles, not worrying about what you have to do after they burn down. Because, you know, we don't work when the, when the candles are burning. So that means that there's an hour of our time where we have to stop working. We have to not clean our house. We have to not focus on the laundry. 
setter. Enjoy that time. I promise you, if you have less, you will enjoy that time. Because you'll have, you won't be thinking about all the stuff you need to tidy. You'll be thinking about the candles. Really, really focus on spending cheshvan reducing. So I have a challenge for all of you. For the, for the rest of the month, please pick five things, a minimum of five things to declutter every day. I would love it if you could take a picture and email it to me. Like every day, send me a picture. I don't care. I'm happy to get the mail from you guys. I want to see your progress. I will answer you. <laughs> uh, there are ladies on the line who call me like every week and I answer you, okay? I will answer you. If you call me and ask me to personally answer you, I will. Because I am invested in your success. I want you to be successful at decluttering. So five things for the rest of the month every single day. I want to know, let me know how you do it. Rebecca at balaganbegone.com. You can leave me a voice message if you want. You can send me an email. Um, you can find me on social media. At, from everything I have in social media is under Balagan Be Gone. Please, please find me and give me your success because it's really important. And I want you to really, really spend time focusing on decluttering, okay? Just go through. Find five things you can get rid of every day. And I'm not talking about trash. I'm talking about take the next week and every night, go through your bookshelf and pick out five things. And the following week, pick out your closet. Every night, five things. Just go do small. It doesn't have to be big areas. Okay? So remember, Hashem keeps you organized. And have a great clutter-free week. And I hope that you're enjoying your journey, your personal journey to organization. Bezrat Hashem, I will speak to you all next week. Um, and I will continue to answer questions, which I still have a lot of. So, um, but feel free to leave more and I will try to get to them all. Bezrat Hashem next week and Bezrat Hashem the following week for episode 35, I will try to do time management. Okay, ladies, Kultuv.